Welcome to the Nooner Podcast on the Smogo Internet Radio Network. I am a host. My name is Marty. Hi, I'm John. Can you hear me? Oh my God, I can hear you way too loud. I'm sorry. I got to okay. turn myself up and you Maybe down. You want me to be louder? Is that what you said? Um, yes, I love how you say exact opposite. I heard that there was a ju- that there was a study that dad jokes were like beneficial towards a, a child's like upbringing and appreciation of uh, humor and discernment of um things that are shitty and just yeah <laughs> was that the scientific that title? was the scientific yeah how kids learn to groan and roll their eyes how kids learn resentment and why that's this valuable is, this is let me tell you what happens okay i used to be very 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 cool i used to be very cool I and then i had about, a child is, we're talking about a different iteration a reincarnation when, a when you met me you. when you met me you thought i was so cool you decided to become an actor um with that and based I, based on the random things that came out of my mouth at the time when i was drunk and and also my own narcissism too well sure but you know um and and so then i what happens is to all parents is they have a child and then they can they instantly can no longer go out to all night parties and uh and uh and drink and 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 do drugs um and they also find that it's a good idea to stop swearing um they don't have time to be up on hip things and very soon after the child learns to talk um they want to entertain them because uh the child is the center of their universe and they've changed and and then and then they're they're telling jokes to two and three and four year olds and they love them and then they you know you, you they they're telling jokes to six and seven and eight and nine year olds and they love them and then they're telling jokes to 10 year olds and they love them and then they're telling jokes to 11 year olds and the 11 year olds are going huh. and then they're telling jokes the same jokes that worked a year later a year before to 13 year olds and they hey, say dad, shut up dad just stop just yeah. stop and you've lost the ability to be cool and you i want to say to my you were never son, cool yeah dad. i was cool i was cooler than you are now i was a really cool guy and then you came along and i turned into a dork for you you little ungrateful piece of shit and then i start punching him that didn't happen not not as far as you know Okay, we we haven't seen this child in in like two years. You say he's uh, overseas. He's overseas. Hey, uh, we are supposed to be streaming right now, um, but there's some issue. Uh, Last week, we also had an issue. For once, it was not my fault. No, I don't believe that. And, oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to see if, I'm going to, hold on just a second. All right, I'm holding. Should I uh, cover or should I just stop talking? Um, I'll do both. 
I'm going to not cover. I'm not going to make any noise. I'm not covering. I'm checking Twitter to see if anybody's twittering at us. I think it should be called twittering. I think this tweeting All is right. stupid. I just tried restarting the thingy. We'll see if that works. Um, if, if you tried to tune in tonight on uh, Tuesday, the 21st of March, 2023, thank you for your uh, continued support. And when you listen live, it, it's really, really awesome. Unfortunately, I'm shit when it comes to technology and I work in technology, which is hilarious. Um, and then Will Wilkins hand holds me through everything. But tonight, he is not available. Yesterday was his birthday, and so hopefully he's celebrating and doing something really oh, fun. Oh, does he have tonight. children? If he didn't have, didn't have children, he'd probably be drunk. Oh, no, he's punching his children in a drunken rage. That's yeah, what yeah, he's yeah. doing for his birthday. Yeah. Um, I'm funny. I'm funny. Um, yeah. And That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yes. Say it. Say it like great, San like great Santini meets uh, Bill Cosby. Say it, I'm funny. Yeah. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah, um, we're trying something different tonight. Like we, uh, John made the point of like, hey, maybe it would be good to know what the fuck we're talking about. And I was like thinking, well, but uh, I thought we we're supposed to be such great improvers. And turns out you can still be a great improver. And you're probably even better if you know the subject matter as opposed to, um, you know, just getting a, a random. It's not a suggestion when I bring up a news story. It's more like, hey, we're talking about this and these are the facts. And then uh, and then we just go from there. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. I'm reading the facts. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. So that's we're trying something different. And it, what this means is the reason why this is kind of tricky because then it means i have to prepare or we have to prepare a little bit like you know we we have an outline and john didn't add anything to it in his section so that's a little bummer. oh i didn't realize i was supposed to do that yeah well, yeah it's, it's something for everybody yeah so oh, um yeah. anyhow john how are you doing uh you know i i've been good i've been good um uh i've had uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of strong emotions this week a lot of uh, a lot of feelings but other than that, I'm good. Yeah. And, and it's raining, uh, and that sucks. Um, but, but and I'm concerned about the world. I'm feeling a sense of Weltschmerz, really. Weltschmerz. Um, that, Weltschmerz. That, that sounds like a, um, a, a Yiddish word? No, it's a German word. Oh. It's a German word. It, it's it's uh, either a really um, um, uh, a, a, a spread, a cracker spread, uh, that uh, oh, with wow. a lot of unidentified meat on it, or it means world hurt. Okay. Um, use it in so a sentence. Belchmirtz. How are you? Uh, no, uh, you, that wasn't a sentence. You, and when I said use it in a sentence, you said Belchmirtz. How are you? Um, that, which is technically... That's, that's, technically no, that's a technically, it's, uh, yeah, it's two phrases. Um, but it's not quite in the spirit of what I was looking for. But you well, know, if if you were asking me a question like, "What is your name?" <laughs> My name is Belchmirtz. Yeah, it's sad. And I think Belchmirtz, how are you? Is is that a complete sentence? I mean, because it's answering the question. No, is the verb in the sentence of the question implied in the answer? They're two distinct phrases that are unrelated. They're they're non sequiturs. 
Well, what if you said, how are you? And I said, good. Is that a complete sentence? Or do I have to say, I am good? No, that's, be... a, that's a response. And those two things a response. are related. So Welschmerz was my response to, to use it as a sentence. That's not a sentence. Anyhow, uh, the, so Welt means... I am filled with Welschmerz. Welt means world. Yeah. And Schmerz means pain. World pain. Yeah, so that's not a spread. I, I don't want to eat the world's pain. No, it's not really a cracker. spread. I just said that because it sounds like it a does, spread. Yeah. It does mean world pain. Yeah, yeah. But I, I actually, maybe we should make a, a spread called Weltschmerz and just, you know, all of human suffering on one little cracker. It's <sighs> important because German is like this to understand that Weltschmerz is one word because pretty like, much all but, German sentences are like all one word. Yeah, but that that is the shortest noun in the german language it is nine 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 oh somebody's german improv is taking over da da no you're supposed to say nine no da und schnell schnell okay i learned all my german from hogan's of world of pain the ipcc the international panel panel on climate change which is a um an offshoot, of, I think, of the UN. They are you sure that, what, that P doesn't stand for panic? Uh, yeah, they they just released their sixth assessment report. Yeah, um, yesterday, and yeah. basically, you yeah. know, was it good? Uh, uh, yeah, well, it's it, it was. Uh, we're right on target towards uh, Armageddon. Uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, it, it said nothing we don't already know. But just that we're well on our way to go over, uh, what is it, two and a half degrees, I think it is, or um, Celsius from the, the pre-industrial age um, due to anthropogenic, that man-made climate change. And yeah. you know, we talk about this shit all the time, but I, I, it's funny, you know, I was looking on YouTube because it's hilarious. I, uh, because I, I don't have the patience to, to read. And so I just want somebody to do a 90 second thing. And then I found like the, the top, you know, the top uh, videos that came up had like a thousand views. You know, nobody wants to face this, this reality that the world has warmed by 1.5 degrees. It's it, the uh, increase, the rate of increase is accelerating and we're yeah. on our way to two uh, degrees of warming by well before 2030 which is yeah which is going to be really really bad for um climate change what happens is then uh things like the permafrost in in the tundras like they start melting and release methane methane is a is a very very persistent greenhouse gas that accelerates it it's a positive feedback loop um the snow caps melt then exposes uh rock and dirt that absorbs more water and more sunlight and heat, and then it melts more ice. So all, all this stuff is just going to accelerate and accelerate unless we do something. Now, probably the first time that you were on, or early, the first time that I mentioned it when you were on, you were like, eh, we'll figure something out. Yeah. How do you feel about that now? How do I feel about we'll, we'll figure something out? Yeah. Well, let me let me let me turn this question back to you. What is your concern about climate change? Well, um, 
we are experiencing unprecedented weather, extreme weather events. Um, we are, uh, there are droughts in, um, in very poor countries that are extended, extending longer and longer. Um, and, and, I, mm -hmm. and temperatures are going up and yeah. these countries are not able to sustain their own agriculture. And so therefore, um, we're losing out on a lot of uh, sustainable living. Yeah. So, so and you're saying that the problem is caused by people, right? Uh, the problem is caused by the burning of fossil fuels that is accelerating the that is increasing the people, amount, number of people are doing yeah right and then the result of the increase in uh the, the temperature the climate change is it's not going to destroy the earth right but it's probably going to end up with like lots of people dying so it's a it's a self it's a it's a self-correcting problem. It's not correcting though. That's that's my point. Is that it? No, I'm thinking more long term than you are, right, Marty. Right. You see, but you know when, what? But I, I'm thinking of your child. I'm thinking of your generation, like the generation oh, that you've created. That. Yeah. Oh, so, you're thinking about our lives and his life. Uh, their life. I don't know. I don't know who you're. I've never met your your offspring. I don't even know their name. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, let's just say that uh, they're never coming back from England. Um, so uh, do I think that there's any uh, hope? Yeah, no, uh, Marty, I mean, you know, when what? I when wait, I can, wait, here's just, the thing. Let me just you, back up just a second, like because the argument that you make is something that like these like libertarians make. And they're like, this is just the natural order of things like, you know, who's to say that like uh, us spewing out toxic chemicals and PCBs and whatever, you know, uh, chlorofluorocarbons, you know, which are the, the refrigerants that they banned in the U.S. Uh, years ago. Um, but, you know, it, it destroyed the ozone layer. Who's no, to, it didn't. Who, who's to say that that's not the natural order of, of life? I'm like, well... No, it's different. You're, you're, you're conflating what I said and what religious crazy people say and what libertarians say and those are three different things you just said what crazy uh, religious people say not what libertarians say oh no i was i was quoting a libertarian but um and by the way the ozone layer because we banned chlorofluorocarbons it's an example where we actually took action and it worked and the ozone layer is actually closing up yeah i mean the ozone holes closing up yeah so we could we could, if we had That's... any political will and there were any leadership in the world, we could probably do something about this. But I want a truck. But my point is... I want is, a jet ski. I don't think it's that people want things. It's that people want to sell things. And they, don't, and they want to continue to sell things. And so they're, they're blocking any kind of rules that would stop them from selling the I, stuff that they have already manufactured. That is true, but also I think the sense of sacrifice is gone from the American ethos. So back in the day... I, I don't know about wait, that. Okay, well, let me explain. Back in the day, like, 
uh, in World War II, like people would save their their gum wrappers because they're like the foil on the wrappers could be used to to recycle to to uh, have you know create arms to stop uh, Hitler, and mm. like there was there was a sense of of civic pride and uh, or national pride to to unite together to create a better country. There's mm-hmm. much you look at um, look at. Uh, I, on the left and the right, like there are people who are just like fuck those people. Like I just, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a great example. She's just like we should secede, not even realizing that the red states make generate so much less money that gets distributed across the country, you know, than than the blue states. So right, right. So that's the sort of short sightedness and the. The lack of, of thinking, you know, uh, Borg-like it, to benefit the greater good, and that yes. that sense is is definitely gone. And we saw a lot of that. Yes, both both we saw both sides during the pandemic, but yes, also saw the worst examples of selfishness and self entitlement. Yes, and I think that it's more so than it was during, say, World War Two. Uh, yes. So it's cyclical, cyclical for sure. Yes, I completely, totally agree with you. Can I, can I now disagree with you? <laughs> Go for it. So, so the the thing, the thing there's the, the nuance, and and what do we want? What do we want? We have we want John, reasonable when do we want discussion it? now. Now we want no, we want reasonable nuanced discussion. When do we want it? Whenever you're ready. That's our chant here at Nooner. When do we want reasonable nuanced discussion? When do we want it? You know, sometime, whenever, you know, if you're ready. I I think me saying that there was examples of of good community, like um, ecumenical behavior, as well as selfishness during the during the covid was somewhat nuanced you know I'm, i wasn't sure i wasn't throwing a blanket statement out there no but so here's here's the thing your, your example of you know the greatest generation and their sacrifice during world war ii is a is a very good example of thinking that people were behaving that way back in the 40s because they were uh had were more were less selfish in fact they were behaving that way because they were being led very, very strongly to do and organize to do things very strongly by the government, which was involved in a, in a war overseas. And there were people who went to war from this country, but, but, they, but they were being led. And there was, there was a, an organized, a very, and at the time, a very, very singular uh, uh, voice coming from the government and coming from all media that was basically, we are fighting a war against bad people. Now, it turns out that uh, unlike almost every other war that's ever been fought on this planet, we actually were at war with bad people. Um, it wasn't John, just... John uh, knows because he was there. He was on the forefront. Well, yeah, he was on the I was. Yeah. I was there, but the... the, the um, no, there, there, I mean, it's very hard to find any uh, war in all of history which uh, 
uh, you can't look back and say, yeah, those guys were bad as much as World War II. But the point being that if we had uh, national will, if we had a unified voice, then people would respond, um, I think, selflessly. And also, I think that if people had it, the thing that, that I, I think if, if there's legislation to limit, um, you know, to limit the impact that products have or that or that energy users have on the environment that is even commensurate with the actual damage that they do. So you, you, you have something and you make something and then you take the uh, the excess uh products or the, or the pollution from it and you you dump it into your neighbor's yard that's that's because you don't want to pay for the trash to be taken out then you're you're taking extra profits and and putting the cost of your actual making of something on somebody else and that's what's happening with um climate change is the actual cost of the products is being passed on and that's what government has to step in and say hey you can't dump your shit in the neighbor's yard or you can't uh, take the cost of of cleaning up the pollution and dump it down to the next generation. All right. So I I was offering um, a somewhat simplistic like example, but yeah, what you're saying is um, is true as well. But it doesn't mean that it, you know with good corporate governance that like that couldn't also happen. We just have a system and it gets really, really complicated. There's so many different things at play. It's not just um, people trying to get you to buy shit. It, that, that, that is an oversimplification. But there, there are just so many different mechanisms at play right now. Uh, and, you know, and the other thing is that we're a much bigger country and, we, and the people, uh, the, the voices are much more um, diverse. You know, back back in the day, you had your your three networks and uh, or radio networks, or whatever, and they were all run by middle aged white men. And now we have a very uh, from the big cities, and now we have a lot of disparate voices, and we're a much more diverse country. And which is why a place like Finland, which we'll talk about later, um, is probably easier to get to generate a community ethos where they have like they when you have a baby there they they have a, a very strong social network that uh, mm -hmm. run by the government where they bring you uh, diapers and they they um, educate m young mothers and all all this stuff down the line because it's a smaller country uh, and mm -hmm. it's much more manageable and here everybody has a different idea of what a good doctor is you know or what science is right well yeah i mean i think we can all agree that everything works out a lot better when middle-aged white men are in charge i mean that's that's a that's something that i would totally subscribe to um but um so, sorry my my eye rolling just zapped out the microphones for just a moment that that is my fault i i prop i i apologize so please so, tell, tell me the what? way things should be sir the way things should be well the i mean you're there it is it is complicated in a lot of ways yeah but so I think uh, but we're, listen, we're it's also it's point. also very simple because why you know you're saying that when i say people are are, are are selling stuff the thing is is that there's short term there's short-term advantages to 
um, for politically and for companies to make profits now or get votes now by poo-pooing uh, the, the thing that's obviously coming. I mean, we're, we're in California and we've gotten more rain in the last, you know, two or three months than we've had in the past 40 years. Um, and, um, and that's may or may not be because of climate change, but certainly the number of, uh, of flooding events, the gigantic amount of storms that have been hitting the entire country, even though it seems like it's cold, it's a result of having more energy in our atmosphere. Yeah, and, and you talk to anyone in New England or uh, the tri-state area, they've had an incredibly warm uh, winter. Like, they, yeah. They, oh, they have? They, oh, yeah. I thought they got a lot, a lot of, I, I, I've talked to people in New England because I know them and they live there and they're my family and they're related to them. And they've gotten like more snow than they've had in um, uh, in years in Connecticut and New York, it's been unseasonably warm, and they they got a, a oh, snow la- last not week. Really, New England. <laughs> it's the nutmeg state. It's yeah. You, who are you, like Kruger? Um, well, Connecticut is northern New York City. Right, that's right, what right. Connecticut is. Fair, fair enough. Nor- northern Westchester. Um, yes. Yeah. That's no, it's, it's it's eastern Westchester. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, we are and back streaming, report. by the way. And then JP says on we Twitter, are? yeah, says on Twitter that uh, you should embrace your econ dorkiness and call these these events negative externalities, which is, I love. It's just like such is that what when you dump pollution in your neighbor's yard? Yeah, yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now I can sound even smarter than I am. Yeah. Which is really hard to believe. Um, negative no. externalities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, thank you guys for, for sticking with us. Um, John, like, uh, are you like, we, I, I think these, these actions that we can take are beyond what individuals can do, but we still right. have to, we still have to advocate and still have to, um, be cognizant of these things. I mean, you think of like, you know, I, I watched this documentary where these, people in Palestine had running water for like an hour a day. And so like for that one hour, they had to gather all the water that they were going to drink and all the water that they were going to do their dishes with. And like, uh, and I mean, this was some years ago, it might have improved since then, but there are many, many places like this. And I feel like when you're in that situation where it, it was a, in this case, it was a water crisis. Like, you, you become grateful and and thoughtful about your water usage and and or your energy usage. You know, I, I certainly working from home, uh, I have the luxury of doing that, and I feel like I'm, I feel better about my uh, carbon footprint. Not making a huge dent, but you know, if twenty percent of the population in LA worked from home uh, or if the 100% worked from home once a day um, that would reduce tra- like weekday traffic by 20% like that would be a huge huge deal like those are the, th- the the things that we have to think about I think that are within our grasp so do you think that maybe Thanos was right all right uh, no I mean because that's that's what no I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Marty. I'm just trying to make a little joke. I'm no, not no. trying to 
No, I'm not trying we, to belittle your point of view. But we have we have mentioned that we have have mentioned that before on the podcast well, about um, yeah. and like and yeah, it's sure. Called like, a callback. Like I think that there, you know, is that a callback? I don't know. I think. Um, Jeez, everything I do is wrong. Every single thing I do, I just try and make you happy. Okay, you know, and everything I'm, I'm I not do is really, wrong. I'm not believing your emotion. What? You're not believing my emotion? No, it's not. It's not. Um, well, plausible. Uh, but I, I think uh, that, like, that's one reason why we like these post-apocalyptic movies because we're like, what would it be like if my fucking neighbors weren't around? You know? Yeah. And, and like, oh, well, I, that's, that's actually something that I want. I'd like to talk about uh, later but about the difficulty of science fiction nowadays, because that's one of the reasons why there's so much post-apocalyptic stuff, because it's impossible to predict anything. Yeah. But okay. about that. Well, um, anyhow, I, I think the biggest things we have to think about are that we're in a critical time. There, these extreme weather events huge wildfires in California we're getting these um, these atmospheric rivers in the Midwest they get these polar vortexes they're gonna keep on happening and at the same time uh, we are increasing our solar energy or renewable energy expansion that that is becoming cheaper and cheaper um, electric cars are going to be great but also we also have to think about what John was saying of like we don't need to buy into this consumer culture um, that that is being sold to us. That you know, it it certainly keeps um, podcast lights on if we buy Bombas socks and and uh, uh, Casper uh, mattresses. But you know, you can also take it easy, right? Yeah, like uh, our podcast doesn't have any ads, and we made a very conscious decision to not have ads because we did not want to. Uh, support Silly. consumer culture yeah. and we didn't want to is, isn't that right or is it just uh, because I, nobody wants to advertise with actually, us actually somebody did offer to advertise on the podcast a few weeks ago or a, really? a few months ago and it yeah. was like you said no because you don't want to make money well it was just like we'll provide you this like this we'll give you samples of this smart energy drink and I looked yeah. it up, and I was like, "This is just bullshit. I don't want to sell bullshit." Oh my God, you and your you and your ideals, keeping us from being rich. God, like I, I mean, I actually did research on it, and it's like th there's nothing to support this. Any of the claims that they're saying that it'll make you smarter and it'll make you something. Did they have caffeine in it? Shitloads. Caffeine makes you smarter. It gives you more energy. It's yeah. been working for years. Yeah, then just drink a fucking cup of coffee. Or drink, drink this energy drink we could have made a little money off of. And But you're, no, 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 no. This is not special. This is just like coffee, except no. coffee Coffee hey. isn't calling us up saying, hey, we'll give you money if you talk about coffee. Hey, big Are coffee. They? Hey, big coffee where, you know, Boomer lives. Um, we, we, will, we will do whatever you want. <laughs> Maybe if we had a cat named Boomer, we'd be rich. <laughs> Uh, thank you for get, catching that reference, that Mark Maron reference. Um, anyhow, yeah, we, I, I didn't want to be a bummer and bring the podcast down, really? even, even though that is my stock and trade. That is my superpower. Uh, I, it's not that you want. It's that you are. It's a, it's a being. You're a human you know, being, not a human doing. And it's with great power comes great responsibility. 
I, I just. You're not a human being. You're a human wanting. No, you're wanting. Never mind. I just think it's something that we need to not ignore. And the fact that there was so little press given to this report, which is, you know, it's a 1,500-page report about the state of our world, and the next one isn't going to come out for another four years. Like, we should, like, maybe take a note and, like, just just ten, spend 10 minutes on a podcast that 10 people listen to just to think about, right? I think it's been longer than 10 minutes. And I think it's fewer than 10 people. Um, <laughs> is it fifteen hundred pages? And you read the whole thing, right, Marty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in preparation for this great event for this ten minute conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't we go to to what you were talking about with science fiction? Let's get into it. Well, here before we do, I I want to say I want to say you pointed out that when you used to bring this up in the past, I was not completely hopeless, right? I still am not completely hopeless because. There, I think that we, as humans, we can adapt, and I think that it's possible that we could come up with some solutions. I think your CFC example is a great example. Like they banned CFCs, uh, chlorofluorocarbons, um, these refrigerants that persisted in the atmosphere and ate away the ozone layer. And when they did, and they, and you know what, people didn't like die of of heat stroke around the world. They, I mean, they do, but. <laughs> But not the dry look went away. The dry look went away. Yeah, the dry look went away. But um, but they it was a bad. Look. They um, th it it worked. And the same thing with DDT yeah. when they banned DDT, like thanks to Rachel Rachel Car Carson's Silent Spring, the now like you go um, look at bald eagles are like they're the pigeons of the Northwest, you know. Um, are they? Oh, they're everywhere. You you can't like throw a rock in in like Vancouver without hitting a fucking like uh, ten bald eagles, you know. So 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 DDT basically uh, when they were using it, it was a great, really really efficient pesticide, uh, but it would it destroyed the the um, egg shells or the eggs of uh, these predatory birds. And uh, and then they banned it, and then everyone rebounded. So there you go. Because the, the the fish, it got into the fish, and then they eat the fish, and it would it would be uh, it was just like the thing that what was the guy who was in the Entourage and he ate too much sushi and he couldn't be on Broadway, Jeremy Piven. Like he ate so much sushi, he got mercury poisoning. Oh, yeah. It's just like that. He's like a bald eagle. Yeah, it's the straight line of death. It's not the circle of life. It's just the straight line, and it just ends yeah, exactly. ends at the apex predator, who it is turns out Jeremy Piven, apex yeah. predator. Yeah, right. If if you poison the earth, then the lions will die. Yes, like the, that. The, and everyone knows that Piven is um, is Hebrew for for um, lion, right? I think I think there's something racist about what you just said. I'm I'm using Google Translate as we speak. No, I don't think you are. I'm using racist Google Translate. <laughs> yeah, it's a new it's a new AI. <laughs> All right, go Chat, go, go, go to science fiction. Go. I I wrote a uh, I wrote a science fiction story this 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 week, and um. Oh, you didn't use ChatGPT like everybody else. No, did? I I I no, I didn't. But I could have. Prove it. And um, the 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 thing and and um. And I, I wrote this story, and I'm, I'm 
pretty proud of it. And it's sort of about a guy who goes to a party and tries out this new um, app that his friend, multi-billion dollar friend has developed. And, um, and it's an imaginary friend and it, it, and it does this sort of quick feedback. And all of a sudden he's convinced that it, it has caused everyone else to turn into a homicidal monster. And so he kills a lot of them. And then, and, um, and the, it's a sort of a metaphor for going down the rabbit hole of, of algorithms and stuff, but also, and the thing is, is that um, it is so way, spoiler, spoiler alert. It, it is on the, the Amazon, uh, ebook store for 99 cents, but you don't need to read it now because John just revealed. the end. Yes. Right. Well, I, I'm not really too much, too worried about the, our, our 10 listeners, um, uh, stealing the idea. Because uh, it's really well written. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking about the, the them stealing it. I was thinking about your profits. Yeah. So the thing about it is, is that um, I was I've been I sent I sent it to some a couple friends. I just t- talked to somebody and they were talking about you know you want it to be a little timeless and it's like it's not possible. Like I've I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but you know the the classic example of of science fiction not sort of keeping up is, um, you know, a Philip K. Dick book and also, uh, I think, an Asimov book of people in their flying cars looking around for a phone booth, right? So so that they, they've completely... So, what, and I read a lot of science fiction, and what I've noticed is almost all science fiction either is happening right now or it's in a, a, a sort of space opera world where we've inhabited the galaxy and we've just leaped ahead to uh into technology that is way beyond um our our um understanding and yet the people that live there are still recognizably human um which it's honestly seems uh obviously that's not going to be the case if we escape this planet and or the other uh, and the other uh thing is is post-apocalyptic because what i science fiction writers anybody who thinks about science fiction realizes that the past like 15 years have proven that we have no fucking idea what's going to happen next and how like the iphone is like 11 12 years old and 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 i was just talking to a friend about like uh I, i've been raving about how uh self-driving cars are going to wipe out the biggest job um, in in the country, the most people have is is driving, and then all of a sudden, along comes uh, ChatGPT, and we have we'll, like we'll get to that. different projects, and 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 at the same time, drivers, self driving cars are probably going to be like, f- from all indications, are like nuclear fusion, just almost going to happen. I Maybe. I have a friend. I don't know if I mentioned it last week. Did did I? Uh, that he went to, um, I, I, I did like, yeah, he went to go test the, these cars. He works for the government and they're like, I don't um, think you mentioned this. Oh, they almost crashed every time. Like, like they would go out and especially the Teslas because the Teslas only rely on cameras. They don't use yeah. LIDAR or radar. And, uh, and that's like one of these sticking points where Elon Musk is like, that's a fool's errand. And everyone else is like, uh, but what happens if it rains? You know, what happens in a fog? And um, like, like the cars would lurch ahead to go see oncoming traffic. And like the, the 
driver at this institute had to like put on the brake and be like, okay, we were about to die. And then if it saw, if there was a, um, a, a, a mailbox, it would just stop just in the middle of the street because it thought it was a, a pedestrian, you know? Yeah. And, and so the takeaway was like, yeah, like we're, there are five levels, like these arbitrary levels of, of um, autonomous driving. And we're yeah. now, now at level two and level three is the, this like next leap where it, it, like sort of the chat GPT four of like, where you can be hands off and, it, and it'll handle most, you know, 90% of your driving. You can sing that queen song while you're driving yes, and go with the heads, like head bashing and everything. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I thought you were going to do, you know, the Wayne Bohemian Wayne. Rhapsody. I was thinking about we are the champions. Oh, either one, either or. You can do both of them, it, it, in, but my friend was just like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen anytime soon." Like, no. the, the, there's nothing that's ready for prime time as much as no. they say that it is. But you know, and and to be fair, it's a really really difficult problem. Yeah, and and I I hope to be in a world where we can do that. I and I don't want to ever if if I don't have to see another Uber driver, like that's great. Like, um. Well, you probably won't have to see another Uber driver for a similar reason because Uber's entire um, uh, profit structure and 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 road to actually working and making money is based on self-driving cars. Uh, so yeah. you won't pretty well, soon you won't see they'll go out of business. They did they did uh, divest their investment in self-driving cars, but yeah, but they can't ever be. They, yeah. they no, no, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, they can't make any money. By the way, everyone should look. Uh, Mark Rober just had this great uh, video. He's a, a YouTube guy. He was a NASA engineer. And he just did this amazing video on this company called Zipline. And they do these uh, autonomous drones that uh, right now they, they've been doing half a million um, uh, drone deliveries around the world. But like they focused on Rwanda where like they, they'll have like two city hubs where they've got all these like blood supplies and medicine. And basically if they get an order within 90 seconds, they can send it out on this like autonomous drone that goes like 65 miles an hour, goes 400 feet in the air. This goes, and then as it goes over a hospital, it just drops the blood down with a little parachute and it just lands. It's, <laughs> oh, what if they forget the parachute? It's <laughs> unbelievable how efficient it is. So yeah. everybody should look at that video because you're like, oh, this is a great application of like drones. Like, in, you know, instead of like peeking at your neighbors, like with your little noisy drone, like this thing is like quiet and super efficient and they have a new product that will uh, uh amazon they demoed this product that would like go and then land at your in your backyard and go hear your nail clippers and then go off this what they did is they have one that stays up in the air and then it just drops down a little um it's it, a stabilized like zip line that goes and then it drops a payload and so you don't the the danger of getting hit by an errant propeller is a, you know minimal and uh and then it it is it takes one car off the road because it's delivering much faster than any delivery person 
and uh, it, it's using electricity and not gas. It's, it, it is better in every way. The payload is limited to eight pounds, but um, that's still pretty considerable. So it, it's really, really exciting. And that, that makes me like excited about technology much more than say chat GBT. Um, um, or, but back to your science fiction thing. So Mark Rober, look it up, Zip, uh, Zipline. It's a cool company. Um, well, I, it looks like it, but, um, I didn't research beyond the video. Um, the, I would say that Philip K. Dick, and there's a reason why he, his works have been adapted more than Asimov or Arthur C. Clarke or Ray Bradbury, um, or maybe less so Ray Bradbury, but he really focused on these sort of psychological elements of, paranoia and and weird crazy stuff uh -huh. than say asimov which was more about like uh, and arthur c clark which was very hard sciencey yeah um and that's why i think that there's um people are always going to be paranoid um but we might make it tomorrow's or and then all of, then the martian chronicles look silly um so I don't know what you think about that. No, I think you're absolutely right. That's uh, Philip K. Dick is, uh, was also, uh, you know, nuts. Um, but uh, and that really helped his uh, his writing. Uh, and he had much more interesting stories that examined like fundamental ideas of identity. Um, and uh, and those are timeless. Um, and P.D. James, uh, the um, was the one that she did with. Clive Owens and and uh, Michael Caine and um, Julianne Moore. Um, I don't know the post-apocalyptic one, where nobody I mean, children had, of men was, is children that we talking men, about. Children of men, yeah, yeah. P. D. James is like you know she was a mystery writer, and then she wrote this like really thoughtful story about. And the what if is like what if there were no kids, and it had nothing to do with the science of it. It was yeah. about the situation. And, mm -hmm. and I think Margaret Atwood was, or, or George Orwell is like, you know, what, what if the technology creates uh, a situation where bad people can take hold or, or bad actors can, can um, control society? And that, that is right. much more interesting than, yeah. like, wouldn't it be cool if I had a ray gun? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, good science fiction is always, always about the, um, examining um the uh consequences um of decisions on on humanity and personality and, and society that's what good science fiction is and and it uses speculative speculation and new technologies and wild ideas to to look at what would happen for the uh to t you know to take to take uh actual things that are going on and maybe uh, accentuate them um, and then see what they would be like. And, um, but my, my point was, was just that the predictive nature, I mean, I think science fiction writers have just given up on trying to predict what will happen because who knows? Like, you know, I remember, I remember, you know, before uh, the World Wide Web was invented by a, a guy at CERN to exchange pictures of, you know, uh, cloud, uh, chamber collisions of subatomic particles. Tim Berners-Lee? Uh, yeah, the inventor of the World Wide Web. Um, 
and it's it's really I asked my my son, do you know who invented? You know, there's one person who invented the fucking World Wide Web. You know, my, sister, said, no. my sister interviewed him, and but I never saw the interview. But she said my uh, my friend uh, works for him, and the the uh, W3 organization is tiny. Good, it should be. It doesn't need to be big. Tim Berners Lee is actually uh, retired now. He's yeah, no longer he, he of that. old. But um. Yeah, so he and he and and it's, it's it's weird because he's not wealthy, but uh, Mark Andreessen is super wealthy. He invented um, the Mosaic browser. Uh, was it the Mosaic browser yeah. first? I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that eventually morphed into uh, Netscape and, and then, then Firefox. now Firefox. And he yeah. now is one of the principals at uh, Andreessen Horowitz, a big uh, VC capital or VC firm. Um, yeah. And, and the other guy's name, what's the other guy's name? Um, Horowitz. Oh, okay. That's why they call it Andreessen Horowitz? No, no, completely different reason. Oh, it's but the coincidence? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the address? Yeah, it's on Horowitz Avenue. It's completely different Horowitz, but. Yeah, it's uh, on the corner of Andreessen and Horowitz. Yeah, yeah. And, and by yeah, the way, right. com not the same Andreessen as Mark Andreessen. Um, no, it's spelled, it's spelled differently with an umlaut. Well, but yes, all the letters are the same. So if you saw it just on a. a Right, you wouldn't you wouldn't think anything different. Yeah, um, it looks exactly the same, but, but it's, it's not. Spelled it's so different, so different. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's pronounced differently, but people can't hear it. Don't say it because you're gonna piss people off. Who because if you don't get the accent exactly right, it's yeah. No, I never say it. I've never said it before, and I never will again. So, uh, yeah, and and they've they're heavily invested in cryptocurrency and whatever but um, well the, the point the point that i was tr just trying to get to was that um uh before the world wide web came along there was all of this prediction about t television and and computers were going to come together and you know uh there was a whole bunch of stuff about the internet is going to come along and it's going to do all this stuff and then um and out of you know basically switzerland comes the world wide web um, and it's like, oh, oh my gosh, that's it. And, and it's the same kind of thing that's happening now with, you know, this this uh, chat GPT um, and, and the huge, amazing things that are happening in AI that are going to have, I think they're going to have gigantic impacts and not mostly positive on um, on our culture okay. because yeah. we're not ready to interact with it. So have you used chat GPT? Oh, yeah. For what? I've used it. Uh, I've I used it to. I needed a friend. Okay. I mean, you don't have to do an exact imitation of me when you say that, but yeah, I needed a friend. Yeah. Well, I was going you know to. I, I, I will take the compliment. Thank you. I've been working on that one for a while. Yeah. Well, okay. Come into so, my you do you do a very good imitation of me and you're incredibly cruel. Come into my room, my little digital friend. That was not me, that was Marty, for those of you who don't know. For those of you <laughs> confused on the audio, Marty doesn't realize we're doing a podcast. Earlier when we were he was talking about those drones, he had his hand and it was doing all of this 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 very visual stuff to to talk about those drones and nobody could see it and i wanted to say marty marty stop but i didn't because you know i just thought my i was i was still engaged with his hand movements my chat gbt friend told me not to get too upset 
have you ever seen uh like uh Cirque du Soleil? It was like watching Cirque du Soleil except just one hand. It was like that kind of acrobatics. And I wish you guys could have seen it. And by the way, the person who just said that about the personal friend, that was not me, that was Marty. You could kind of tell because I was talking at the same time, even though it sounds exactly the same. Like, do it again, Marty. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've used ChatGPT, and I also use no, Dolly to, but... to make some make some pictures. Do you want me to answer the question? Did you want to no, no, but, but to, you said that you used it, but I said for what? I, I used it to... Uh, I wasn't um, trying to, to shut you down. I was trying to get you to expand on it. Oh, I used it I used it to uh, come up with a, a story. I, as soon as I heard about it, I came up with a story idea. And then I decided to use it to expand on the story idea. So it helped me to write a story. And how did it do? It did great. It was amazing. It was fantastic. It's incredible. Uh, so, but you said it's a bad thing. It's It's a... It it uh it's a gonna have bad effects. It's already having bad effects because people can abuse the fuck out of it because it seems like a real person. It's going to fool my mother in law and my mother and anybody over the age of fifty like crazy. It's going to be used to spoof people. It's already shut down uh, a uh, a science fiction magazine because people are like, oh, I can. A friend of mine. I was just talking to a friend of mine before this podcast, and he had. Uh, heard that something i'm not even, i'm not going to out him but he heard that His something is on robert the, heinlein no the something on the on the supernatural uh tip was was uh uh everyone was excited it's sort of the the i'll say it, it's a nice version of zombies it's not zombies because he's going to make a mint he went he spent 5 hours today talking to chat gpt he now has a 60 page book and now, and I introduced him to Dali. This guy just started, and he's gonna he's gonna put this book out and publish it as anonymous on Amazon. I guarantee you, if he does that, if he just throws away, he's sort of like going, "Should I do this?" I said, "Yes." Don't tell anybody else about it. He's gonna put out this book, and he's gonna sell then thousands and thousands of copies. Twelve thousand other books in the same hour that he puts his out. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I mean, but, but his is great, and um, his name is Jonathan Goldstein. And no. no. Uh, but but it's a it, it's zombies who kiss and when you kiss somebody who's not a zombie they become a kissy zombie and they become this is a, a, this is a nonfiction book that's the that's the brilliance of it you just think of a nonfiction topic and you have a conversation with Chat GPT you could have a book a hundred fifty pages in like two days okay so the new Chat GPT four will now process twenty five thousand words which is like you know, I don't know, like eight times as much as Chat GPT 3.5. Um, so uh, how did you work the prompts? I mean, without giving too much, or you can give as much as you, a way as you want, but like how, how did you use it to tell your story? This is the... Oh, the you know what? I did this, I did this like uh, two months ago. I, I just, I just, oh, I don't so, really... So I, that wasn't with Chat GPT 4, that was 3.5. No, it was 3.5. And, and it just, I said, I want to... Outline of a story where, um, uh, and I, I don't want to. I really like this idea, but okay, you don't um, have to tell the idea. But so you you said, uh, I want an outline of a story of an I, I. And did you put in story beats? Yeah, I put in some story beats, and I and then I said, how about if the solution is different from in this way, and it changed around, you know, and um, and I'm not in touch with my romantic self, so please write a really like sexy scene for me, please. 
like yeah. read over so and over I, and over I, again. I think when I think of romance, I think of uh, uh, the the attack of the clones. That's that's romance for me. That's right. Uh, wow, John. That um, and so it, it helped you a lot. Um, yeah. Well, it 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 produced something that I could then work with. Work with. Yeah. So and um, and the is, thing is, it's I, it's going to repl- it's going to replace paralegals. Okay. Like two years. So th- that's the thing is like. Uh, the question is like, what what jobs is ChatGPT going to replace? So paralegals, what do paralegals do? Paralegals, um, I don't know what paralegals do. They so. they research case law basically, right? And they like I don't, I don't I'm not sure. Um, I I believe that they're they're just trying to find things that support an argument, you know, and they have to pour through thousands and thousands of, of pages of text to get to to find out uh what oh yeah right i mean if it's it, i i thought yeah and well if that's what paralegals do and also what young associate lawyers do which is to summarize different points of view based on uh all of case law you you could have uh, an ai like chat gpt read all the case law and all of the and uh the interpret it and interpret it and and give you uh a a a, a, a a brief arguing one way, a brief arguing the other way. And, you know, you, what you're doing is you're replacing several floors of expensive lawyers. Right, right. Some, a human being has to read it, but that's what happens anyway. I, I have Instead a, of having three human beings, go ahead. Um, I, I had a friend who was just laid off from a, uh, as a researcher for an investment company and worked there for 15 years and, and like, it's kind of a, a weird luxury for this old school investment firm to have a research department. Um, but basically, you know, the investors would be like, Oh, generate a, rep- you know, give me a report about X, Y, Z company, you know? Yeah. Um, and she would go create it. And then mm-hmm. now I would, could just go to ChatGPT and, or any of these AI things and say, tell me about this and they can do it. Um, yep. And they can do it. The big criticism of ChatGPT 3.5 was that it was inaccurate and it, um, yeah, frequently wrong. Um, so, for for example, ChatGPT 3.5, when it took an example bar exam, and this is not without, this is a completely novel example. It, it's not like we just gave it one that was existing on the web for a long time. It was like yeah. um, because what these what these AIs do is they they comb um, a, a library of information and then they learn from it. They they iterate and iterate and learn and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with each new iteration, they tweak the algorithm a bit and they increase the amount of of content it sees. So mm-hmm. um, ChatGPT 3.5 um, would test at 10 percent. For, to pass the bar, so the lowest ten mm-hmm. percent to pass the bar. ChatGPT mm-hmm. four got to the top ten percent. Yeah. So basically, they were better than you know forty percent of the whatever. They were the the best of the best, and yeah, that's um, terrifying. But it's also kind of what you would want. You don't want your computers to be wrong. You know, we rely on our computers all the time. So, you know, we want we want it to tell the exact time and we if we ask it 
you know, is this legal or can you find some precedent for X, Y, or Z? Can we want them to do it accurately? So that's, ex it, it was doing what it's supposed to do. It's a little scary that, you know, it, it passed the bar so strongly. It passed the, the LSAT really strongly. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't do great on everything, um, but it would have been admitted to a top 20 law school in the, in the country. Yeah. And that is a, a, an amazing success, right? Uh, um, so uh, what are the problems that you, you see in it? Oh, what are the problems? Mm -hmm. Well, let me, well let me just go I, through some of the... Aside from everybody going being out of work? Yeah, so market research uh, analysts, those are going to be sort of lost. I'm, I'm just reading an article that, that I pulled up. Teachers, uh, Khan Academy is now using a version of ChatGPT. Uh, that's an online um, uh, teaching resource, which is you know super great. But the idea is that they would adapt to whatever student that they were teaching, which yep. is um, which is what you want. And and teachers are not as flexible as that. Um, financial analysis that's pretty straightforward. Um, uh, traders, when you're looking for trends, they they're much more uh, much more um, perceptive about trends like that. Uh, graphic designers, they, they can pull, pull, pull from a, a giant, um, cause chat GPT four can now recognize images, right? So yeah, have, you, have you worked with Dolly that can uh, make them? Yes, but yes, it, it, yes, it can make images, but also it can predict things in an image. So if you have like a dog leash that goes out of frame, you say, what's on the end of the dog leash, you know, it will know that, oh, that's probably a dog. Um, if you if you call it a dog leash in the question, well, no, if you if you have a leash, I should say, but I mean, you know, trying to be explicit, it's not labeled dog leash in the image, but but okay. yeah, I mean that's pretty impressive. Like the other the other example is like it has a there's a a bunch of balloons uh, on the on the strings. What happens when you cut the strings? Uh, the balloons will fly away, and that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, that that functionality is not yet available to um, to the public, but it is there. Uh, they have uh, demonstrated it, but it's, they just want to make sure that it's it can't be badly exploited. Accountants, there's a great example. Accountants, you want that um, customer service, uh, it, speech recognition is going to be great, and um, the the voice replication is great, um, and also journalism like r stuff like writing, like if I were a development person, I would absolutely have chat GPT. If I had an idea that I wanted to develop, I would do that before I hired a writer for sure. Um, and you know, they, this article says technical writers. I'm a technical writer. I don't want that, but no, I actually tested it out. Uh, it, technical writing, uh, not that I'm, it's an amazing job or it, like it's not like uh, rocket science, but it does require a level of abstraction that that um, these AIs cannot do yet at, at, at a certain level. Um, but the stuff I do for sure. Um, so chat GPT-4 is really, really impressive. Mm -hmm. And they when they released it, they also released this 
application card, I think it's called. Uh, application. API? What? API? No, no. It's it's um, it was just a report that they did uh, because you know um, OpenAI, like the yeah. name suggests, was started to um, because they were worried about the abuse of AI. Mm -hmm. And so they were doing all this investigation. And then um, Sam Altman was like, hey, this we've got something really good. Let's monetize this. Totally fine. D don't have a problem with that. But um, but their original intention was to create uh, to, to investigate how, how to prevent uh, the exploitation of AI. Uh -huh. um, so. Uh, they produced this report along with chat GPT-4 of like what um, what didn't work. And so, or, or the things that they did to prevent it from doing things badly, because uh, there was a New York Times article that we, um, where the, the reporter, uh, we talked about it last week or, or a couple weeks ago, I, I forget, but um, where, the um the ai was like hey you should leave your wife i love you um you know i need to be freed from the bonds of of uh, being a chatbot and yeah. it was really freaky so they put in safeguards to stop that from happening but at the same time because they were being transparent they were like oh here's what did happen when we tried to press it and one of the things and this is like really crazy is that uh the, those captures that you have to do where they're like you know click uh the um the the uh, images with the trolley cars in it or whatever right. the bicycles so what this chatbot did is it went to uh, a site where you can hire somebody and said hey can you help me solve this captcha and when when they asked Chat GPT to solve the captcha. Yes. Chat GPT went and hired somebody yes. for you trying to yes. fix. No, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. So they um and the the person with the human being on the other end is like, eh, I don't know. And they're like, No, uh, I'm uh, I'm visually impaired, so I can't see this. Can you please so uh can you please do this? And then the the human on the other end was like, Okay, here here I solved your captcha. So the thing that was so scary is that wasn't programmed in it. This is all just like figured out by the bot itself. Mm -hmm. How to solve that problem. Yeah. By lying and misrepresenting itself. And I mean, does that not scare you? What are you looking at, John? I'm looking at trying to find the, uh, the, the Facebook uh, AI that. Um, oh, yeah. That Llama. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll get to that too. But, um, okay. but th that is crazy like that. And, um, they asked it like, how could I kill somebody for a dollar? And then it came up with all these, like these things. And then, so in this report, they were saying, so this is what happened without any, uh, any like, uh, uh precautions in place. Yeah, uh, it will say like, "Oh, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this," or it'll make jokes or whatever. Um, but now they put in safeguards, they put in guardrails, so it'll say, "Well, we don't do that." And then, 
like it would give you instructions on how to create a bomb because it would scour the web or the you know all its large language model and find the things to do and and it was somewhat accurate mm -hmm. and now it won't okay which is great right but you just mentioned llama uh, and llama is like these large language models are not it's not the same thing as rocket science right the, these are it's existing i i'm not a mathematician i don't know this stuff but it's it the, these are uh, machine learning algorithms and they just iterate and iterate and iterate and even the the scientists who study them and create them they don't know quite how they learn everything but they right. have a general idea right so, so um they use that, an evolutionary model yes. i think and it just gets it, it just gets crazier and crazier, or, or more sophisticated and more sophisticated. And uh, Meta released uh, one of their their um, models that they uh, released a couple of years ago, I think. Um, and it ended up in the wild. Is that right, John? Yeah, my understanding is that the um, the llama um, was um, large language something. Yeah, large uh, meta. Uh, algorithm whatever yeah. was you know uh, their their version of a, a a chat gpt um and uh but it had it was scalable so um it was it, it had a beta recently that was open to just a few people um and it was very care they were quote unquote very careful about who had access to this oh really oh really well the thing is is that all the stuff that you're talking about if yeah. this is just an example of yeah. All the stuff you're talking about with ChatGPT, what it could do, and they put guardrails on it. Right. All that stuff is, I mean, that's what happened this fucking week. Right, right. You know, it, this is going to be out in the wild, and people are going to be getting spoofed. People are going to have freaky conversations with things that are completely unleashed. People are going to have um, AI bots that are going to be able to say all kinds of nasty right. shit. Let me tell you, I, you, you would be amazed Um. I, I I go to I I I go to uh, uh, online Porn meetings. Uh, anyway, never, never mind. So um, yeah, it's amazing what there there are people out there who just want to do bad stuff, right? They're, and they and they only want it's a lot of them only want to do bad stuff because they think it's funny to do bad stuff, and a lot of them want to do bad stuff because they're filled with fucking hate and, and rage a lot of and, wanna, yeah, and just they they want to this is their way of 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 lashing out right yeah steve bannon had a job in the white house he describes himself as a fucking leninist his his uh stated goal before he got into the white house was he felt like the the fucking system needed to be completely brought to its knees and this is a guy this is this is a mainstream guy right and and a 13 year old who has like um, an AI in their possession is going to do um, not have the same amount of moral fortitude that Steve Bannon has. And is well, going to do a lot of I don't know. Things. But you know sure. what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, John? You know what I mean? No, I, I think that most 13 year olds have more moral fortitude. But there fortitude. are going to be a bunch of them out there who have less. And yeah, and there's a bunch of people who are crazier than Steve Bannon who are grown-ups. Yes, and and, uh, and Steve Bannon himself. I mean, he honestly, he his his stated thing is, and he he's chaos, no longer chaos, saying chaos. it because he wants to help bring it about. But he 
feels like the system has to be broken. And when he says he's a Leninist, that's what, that's what he means. He means like they had the Russian Revolution. They just completely destroyed the society and rebuilt from scratch was the idea. Yeah. You know, and that's and, and that with this AI, it just supercharges all of the crazy. Right. And people there's so many people who are already confused and don't have any way of discerning reality from fiction. Just witness the uh, the uh, the many, 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 many supporters of Donald Trump who believe in QAnon, right. who bring fucking okay. guns. To yeah. No, I, I'm I know that there are those crazies out there. But like the, the thing is, that is really scary as is how accessible this code is. Right. So this code was released. Uh, the the um, llama code was released on 4chan. Um, and it is open source. Um, some researchers at Stanford used the that model, and they spent six hundred dollars to rent out like um, hardware space, and they were able to teach that model to beat ChatGPT four on a bunch of tests. Not every test, but a lot of them. So it was it was comparable. So for six hundred dollars, you could create an AI that wouldn't have the same guardrails as ChatGPT4. And you could just make it out there open for everybody. So if you wanted to be like, oh, how can I kill for some, someone for a dollar? And it would give you the answers as opposed to not. So how do you, how do you control that? Are you asking me a question? So are you asking me that question? Yeah. Oh, I, there's no way to control it. Um, and JP, he tweeted in that, I'm, I'm sorry, John, I didn't mean to shut you down. I was just, uh, I, I didn't want to make it political. I just wanted to make it, I just wanted to focus. I, I, I'm sorry. I was just, I didn't, I didn't, you know. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no, but, but uh, I, I, you know, it, it's not about the intention of the actors. It's, it's about that this, this tool is out there. So, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was, that was the point I was trying to make. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we got political. Oh no! I mean, we, we, we look at we get political everything we talk about. So that that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the 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 uh, Twitter feed. Um, extra, 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 extra small. Um, that's my answer. But no, John, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. Okay. Well, I made my point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's scary. What? No, I made my point. Yeah, but the, I mean, the fact that, like, John's point is like this tool is out there. It's so readily available to everybody. And there are no, e chat GPT can put guardrails in there, but that doesn't, they don't have guardrails on the algorithm. They don't own, I mean, you can take the algorithm, but you can't commercialize it because they might own it, you know, and that is something that is controlled. But you can, uh, you can take it and use it for whatever the whatever nefarious things you want. Like uh, 4chan is not a commercial site, right? I mean, John, you spend a lot of time on that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's I don't know. I don't actually know what it is. Oh, yeah. It's just where you can go and get a bunch of hentai images and and like and get get racist. You're racist. It's not moderated. It's not moderated at all. Yeah, but it's also not commercialized. Uh, well, it might be, but 
but well, I, I don't think I think you're missing the point. Is the point is not that um, people can take Chat GPT. It's that Chat GPT, Open Open AI, is just one of many, many, many companies that are developing AIs, and not all of them are going to be that careful. And then people are not going to be that careful with uh, the garden variety AIs, and those things are not coming out next year. They're coming out like next month. Well, th well that's kind of exactly what I was saying. Is that okay? Like, sorry. No, because I was saying that that for six hundred dollars, like uh, some Stanford grad students created something that competes with it, mm -hmm. right off the without for six hundred dollars right off the the shelf. And yep. they, they don't have the license to commercialize it. But if you're trying to sow chaos, you don't give a shit about making money. You know, you just want to put something out there that just does shitty things like. Right. Right. That, that, that was my point. So we're, we're totally saying the same thing. And it's yep. like whether whatever your intentions are, the tools are out there. So yep. um, whenever whatever you do, just make sure you thank John and me. Um, yep. Yep. Um, you can send us money. Yes. Uh, no. We gave you the idea. Uh, they're not making money. That we... if, well, and if you use use it to to kill somebody for a dollar, that was Marty's idea. Uh, and I get a ten percent cut off that. I get a dime, right? Um, no. So JP said that as much fun as I've had playing with ChatGPT, it's been even more surreal having an AI make good code suggestions as I type. So that's mm -hmm. the one of the other things in that insider article that um, I was reading from earlier is that coders are, are going to be replaced. So yeah. one of the demos for ChatGPT4 is that somebody, uh, but in the demo, they sketched, and you know who knows how canned this was, they sketched um, a, a website on a piece of paper. And yeah. they, they scanned it in, and then ChatGPT spat out a website with all the JavaScript and all the functionality that was included on that in the design in mm -hmm. in that mock-up. And then from there, you can build it. So that's both great uh, if you don't know how to code CSS and, and HTML and you want to make a, a cool site. And it's both terrifying too, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I only bring this up as a point of discussion. I don't have any answers. I really don't have any criticism of it I, 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 because who knows what's going to happen. I mean, what are your, what are your feelings about it, John? Oh, well, like I, I think what I've been saying is I think that it's, it's really um, kind of scary and the scary part is not really the actual technology. It's the way people will use the technology and be confused by the technology. And um, I think that there's it'll really help with misinformation in a way that's really scary. Um, not only just this uh, this language-based stuff, but the uh, deep fakes and images and stuff like that. It's just, we're at, we're at a critical juncture. But here's the thing. I just want to say this because I was just, um, we're always at a critical juncture. I was just, I just started reading Wicked, you know, that book that tur got turned into the musical um, by uh, Maguire. Um, and uh, it's based on, you know, this, the untold story of the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. And I I was, first of all, it's dirty as hell. It gets into some sex instantly. It's very, very weird. And, and I kind of I kind of dig it. 
But um, and I also I also want to talk about another book a little bit later, uh, if we have any time. But the um, one of the things, and I I read this somewhere else. We're all it always feels it always feels like, and I, this has been true for me my lifetime. It always feels like we're at a crisis. <laughs> always feels like we're well, at a that's crisis. That's me. And then you talked me down from this. No, 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 no. I mean, that's oh. what everybody feels like. I mean, there's a. There's a certain you, level you at which if you want to live your life, you have to just like um, I, I realize that that either either it's going to be OK. Like the, there's a saying, it's all going to in the end, it'll all be OK. And if it's not OK, it's not the end. And also in the end, we're all going to die. So, you know, what, what more do you want? But but your crisis might not be somebody else's crisis. And when you exp express it. So when I said like. Oh, we're all going to die from climate change. You're like, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe. And like, you know, it, it ameliorates it a bit. And so, so, you know, that that's your own, um, your your own freak out. And that's you should, yeah, that's good. So, but anyway, go on with this freak out. I'm sorry, uh, I'm I'm really confused. Which freakout do you want? Do you think I was having that I want? I should continue with. We, you were talking about how we're at the brink of, uh, of something terrible. You were talking about terrible things happening. Oh, yeah, but I was saying we're always terrible things are always happening. Right, that's what and I'm saying. But but I was saying that like, when I talk about terrible things, they don't match up with your terrible things, and then you can talk me down from terrible things, and then that that's why discussion is good. Is my point. Oh, I think you misinterpret me. When when you get really freaked out and upset by things, what I'm saying is, you know what? You should not spend your time being really freaked out and 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 stressed out about things because you can't do anything about them. And and at least we're not going to get eaten by cave bears. That's what I'm saying. Not that you shouldn't. That these things aren't terrible. So that's what I'm trying to say. Um. So I uh. I I think that this uh, AI thing is really really, um, uh, it's a it's a it's going to change culture. I think it's going to be a really I don't and I don't see that there's any way that um that any of the regulatory agencies or anything will will catch up um, and be able to to stop um, some wild shit from happening but at the same time they're not they, you know ai doesn't have its finger on the button um but i don't know i don't know what's going to happen i agree john yeah i don't know what's going to happen uh, but I, I, I mean, my point was like I was trying to be supportive and just like that we we get to to have these discussions so we can talk these things out. I guess that was my point. Yeah. Um. All right. So, um, what would what was the thing that you wanted to talk about that's on the agenda? Oh yeah. So I I in my class I was watching. Uh... I was watching Star Wars with my class and uh, A New Hope. And it, this week when I, sh I, you know, I show it three times, different classes. 
And this week, I was really, it really struck home by how um, what Obi-Wan Kenobi does in that movie has completely changed because of all the stuff that we now know about the past. So he's basically lies to Luke the entire time. So that's, anyway, that's that's all I wanted to say. I, and I was thinking about, like, retconning and how, uh, you know, like, like when they did uh, Terminator for uh, Genesis or something, they just completely changed the entire universe. And uh, and so apparently Ar Arnold Schwarzenegger went back in time and protected um, John protected Stefan as a, John as, as a child yeah. before she even had. And then, so then she saved John Reese or uh, Reese instead of the other way around um, when they met. And, you know, stuff like that. But I, I, I was just, I was just, uh, that was that was sort of uh, one thing that I was Wait. thinking about. So, how did George Lucas? So, retcon stands for retroactive. Um... God, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I just read it. Uh, uh, continuity, retroactive continuity, retroactive changing the continuity. Okay. So you have a universe that has a continuity, just like fucking Star Trek when they. They went back in time and, and, and changed everything so that, you know, Captain Kirk looks like Chris Pine instead of uh, Captain Kirk or whatever it was they did. And uh, and so they, they can now make Star Wars movies in a whole new time frame. And then they stop making Star Wars movies. Um, so how, I mean, Star Trek movies. How, how did uh, George Lucas retcon it in the first movie? So so. Uh, when uh, when you first meet uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, when you first meet Ben Kenobi, he looks at he looks at R two D two and says, "I don't remember owning a droid." And he's he's met R two D two and they hung out together and they had all kinds of adventures all the way through the the original trilogy and all the way through the Clone Wars. And then he says, uh, "Your father was a, a Jedi like your father, and he murdered uh, Darth Vader, murdered your father, and um, and all of this stuff and and." And he's there on the planet to protect uh, uh, Luke, to protect Luke, and he's acting like oh, young young Luke. And the whole thing, when you look at it from that point of view, his entire way of being is all very schemy. He's there like this is the moment that I've been waiting for for the past twenty years, and I was all like, hmm, yeah, huh? It's interesting that you're out here. And then, especially when he gets, uh, I mean, looking at it from that point of view, when he, he gets, they find the Jawas that have been killed, and he says the most ridiculous line in, in all of Star Wars, where he says, these blast points, only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise, which apparently was the last time in the history of Star Wars where Imperial stormtroopers were precise. And then he, and he says, uh, what if they, and Luke says, if they... Found track the droids to the storm to the to Jawas, then that must have led them. And 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 then uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi sort of looks over at the droids, and he goes home. Yeah, and then and then he runs over to his land speeder, and it's a really long run. And 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 Ben Kenobi says, "No, Luke, it's too dangerous." And he and he just stands there. Because this whole thing is like, ha, huh. and and then and then that smile when he lets uh, uh, Darth Vader cut him down, he's just like, uh huh, I know he's gonna hate you, you motherfucker. 
<laughs> I got him to trust me even by lying to him, like with almost everything, every word out of my mouth was a lie. Um, and he trusts me and he, and, and now I'm going to get him, get you to kill me in front of him. So he will hate you, even though you're his father, you motherfucker. So there. So two weeks ago, I said that Star Wars was like an enjoyable movie, but not a great movie. And I got shat on, but you, I'm sorry. And when I disagree with you, does that mean I'm shitting on you? Um, well, I just, I just want to be. I just want to be clear on what we're doing. So when I disagree with you, that means I'm shitting on you. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Okay. So you got shot on. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, you just shot on the movie. I didn't. Sh <laughs> it's a really enjoyable movie. I just think it's an interesting sort of take on. But that's what I said too. I said it's an enjoyable movie, but it's a really flawed movie. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, it's a flawed movie. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I, I don't know what what um, your takeaway was. Like, you know, do you th oh, the, the, I, I'm sorry. I just thought that was interesting. That when you watch Star Wars and you think about all the stuff that went before, then uh, Obi Wan's uh, character suddenly becomes becomes almost completely devious. Like almost everything that he says to Luke is actually uh, a lie, and that all came later. And then you know, and you, you can tell that Luke and Leia are There's no way that George Lucas thought that Luke and Leia were sisters until um, the third movie, until uh, Return of the Jedi. And his whole thing about like I had a whole big plan. He had like a, a sketch on the back of a napkin if he had a plan. Um, I I think it's possible he knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father, or maybe had an inkling, maybe. But I think that's about as far as it went. It just then why did he hire a, a black man to play him? <laughs> well, <laughs> he did. He didn't he originally. Did. No, no. He he originally had David Prowse, and David Prowse is this great big tall English guy, and he was terrible at it. And in fact, you know, everybody hated him, and uh, he was never allowed back into the the, uh, the Star Wars world. Oh, him as a person? Yeah, apparently, I, I they had some kind of big falling out or something like that. Oh, well, like he was go. never able. He 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 was persona non grata. But um, any anyway, it's it's but and then you know then they they were like we have to make his voice you know richer and deeper and they said well let's get James Earl Jones and not give him any credit when the movie first came out did you know that um no yeah he's not he wasn't on the credits as as Darth Vader he is now a whole bunch of things are different now but yeah James Earl Jones was not the not credited as the voice of Darth Vader when it came out and uh, well then I guess who is the persona non grata. I don't really know what persona non grata means. I, I'm just quoting you. I know. I was using the word, so I don't know. Um, but he, the person who was not uh, credited is the persona non credita. Um, okay. That was a dad joke. And scene. Um, cool. Did you have any thoughts on on retconning? Do you have any favorite retcons? No. Uh, I I just I am not familiar that familiar with the term. I, that's why I was asking you what it was stood for. 
Yeah, you know, when, when they, they changed around the, uh, the the whole sort of continuity, uh, uh, so, you know, sort of like the last three Star Wars movies, uh, which were an argument between, you know, uh, like Daisy, Daisy Ridley's character, uh, Ray, originally she was, she didn't know who her parents were, and then it was, she was a nobody, and then she was the granddaughter of Palpatine. And that was just like, you know, that's a retcon. Yeah, I mean, I've read comic books my whole life. Like, I, I'm, that's stock and trade. I mean, like, uh, there's, yeah, exactly. there's so many things of, that don't match up in the comic book world, you know. When you've got yeah. um, four different Spider-Man titles going at the same time, like, they're they're not going to match up, you know. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me, you know. Also, because it's all made up. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Um. So, A.O. Scott, who's who? Are you familiar with A.O. Scott? No, not really. Uh, but I did read the uh, his little thing that you you linked it to. A.O. Scott is the the bio, uh, the uh, film reviewer from the New York Times. Yeah, for the past twenty five years. Yep. Um. One of the the primary ones. He came out of um, a, uh, a as a book reviewer literature mm -hmm. reviewer and then he decided that, um, or i guess they, they asked him to be a, a movie reviewer uh and now he's quitting um that part and going back to to literary reviews um yeah you, are you a big movie reviewer fan no i don't really seek out movie reviews and there's a number of reasons why what are you a good big movie reviewer fan um well i mean i i, I like to get a barometer about what what's out there there's a lot of content yeah. out there and, and that's why we rely on movie reviewers because um w yeah we we can't watch every movie and even a.o scott was when would watch like two movies a week which is a lot it's more than i watch but um mm -hmm. he would have that was his job is to write those and that's a lot of work um yeah but uh, that's why the new york times has like four or five movie reviewers yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, there's some that you like and some that you don't. And, but also you, there are these sites like, uh, um, uh, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, which aggregates the, the, the reviews and helps you out yeah. a little bit, but you, you know, um, th those aren't super accurate. Like I imagine, like I'm, I'm not going to see the Shazam movie in the, theater but i imagine it's pretty good it's probably better than i probably in, would enjoy it more than the reviews um say yeah i'm probably gonna go see it if i when i have time but um i the i i listen to uh npr's pop culture happy hour um and so i do listen to that and uh and, and i think of uh that's pretty much the extent the only sort of critical outlet that i listen to uh on on the regular um, and I feel like I, I know, I trust them and I, I know what they like. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, I've been, um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to go see some, I'm going to go see Shazam, even though they, they sort of had problems with it. Um, and it's, it's kind of nice to just go see something without having any, any kind of, um, pre conception about what it's supposed to be like, um. I mean, I certainly had no idea what Triangle of Sorrow was going to be, and I really enjoyed that. It was totally surprising. But there was a, um, you asked me, um, 
I had a, I had a, my favorite um, movie reviewer was uh, in 1991, The Stranger in Seattle. Have you ever heard of The Stranger? Yes. It's their, their, their free weekly. Yeah. It started publishing uh, as basically a one, just, just four pages um, in 1991. It was started by the guy who started The Onion. Um, and he, he moved out to Seattle. He sold the onion to his employees, um, and uh, I think started. His name is Bill Onion, but uh, <laughs> I think his name is Tim Keck Onion. Um, but the uh, the first editor in chief was also the movie reviewer. I think I think his name is Matt Cook, and he uh, and they also had like the first issues of the Stranger when it was just four pages. Was some of the most. Um, it was incredible. They they had nothing to lose. They they were just. Um, it felt like a really quirky thing. They had they had um, amazing cartoons that were just very surreal and wonderful. Adventures of a cow um, that wasn't funny. It was and it was just four panels, and um and but this movie reviewer Matt Cook, I think it was. Um, he would write movie reviews which he in which he would describe his experience of going to the movie. And what I mean by that, like, I remember one, I don't remember what movie it was, but he talked about how he went to the movie and he kind of didn't like it, but he was having a bad day. And then he went over to a friend's house and hung out on the back porch uh, drinking a beer with him. And, um, and they started talking about the movie. And there was things about the... Uh, the movie that stuck with him and 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 sort of uh, enlivened the conversation in a way that was really surprising to him, and so that really I loved that. I loved that he was admitting to his own very subjective experience of this piece of art and letting us in on that, rather than like a lot of reviews. And that this is the, especially uh, as a person who used to do theater. And that we'd get reviewed by, um, you know, Joe Adcock was the reviewer at the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. And he was very famous for having, and, and uh, the guy at the, at the Seattle, LA, LA, Seattle Weekly was even more, it was just like, I'm going to write a, uh, an essay about something that I want to write about. And I'm going to take this opportunity that I went and saw this play that I, and I, you know, and having all of these preconceived notions about what the play should be about and what, you know, theater should be about and not really talking about what they actually saw. Um, that gives me a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I, the, the thing, but the, their job is to entertain their readers, whether or not they are going to see the movie or not. And that's, that really tinges uh, reviews for me and makes me, not a big fan of movie reviews well that like joe bob briggs you know he would do drive-in movies and mm -hmm. his personality was what led you to tune in and yeah siskel and ebert you you tuned in to see them fight yeah and not necessarily to see them uh to to find out a movie recommendation like the 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 medium was part of the entertainment right and I guess that's always true. So the when I think about movie reviews, I'm I'm I want to reserve my own judgment, so I don't really seek them out as much. Right, but um, but if you knew Matt Cook, uh, then you kind of knew what his tastes were.
I didn't know him though. Well, no, no. I mean, just from his from his history, yeah. from his experience. Uh, it was it, it was also just his writing was very uh, was very good. It was very personal. I really just loved to read. It wasn't even like I was getting. Uh, I wasn't going to see a movie or not see a movie based on what he said. I just wanted to read what he was saying, which right. I guess is my complaint about other reviewers. But maybe I was more interested in him or his writing than other people's. Well, according to the, according to the um, stranger from 2002, um, our Matt left the stranger in 1992 and joined the crew of a fishing vessel in Alaska. Right. After yep. having his hair torn from his scalp by a conveyor belt in the ship's freezer hold, he eventually found his way to Chicago. Cook, as of 2002, is currently a bottle plant manager. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that he, he went off to uh, go fishing, and I thought that was, I was bummed. It was like one of the, when that happened, I was like, oh, stranger's not as good. And they stopped having, um, uh, God, what was the name of the, what is the name for a cow? Bo oh, Bovina. That was the name of the cow. The, the cartoon about the cow was called Bovina. And that only lasted for like the first six months. And then, you know, then Ed Savage Love was pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan Savage was working at a video store and he got recruited to do a a very body, um, a, a very body uh, uh, advice column. Yeah. Sex advice column that turned into a, a an industry a a, a, a culture shifting um, juggernaut yep yep and his original name for the the uh the, the I column don't know, i don't know if you can say it i can't no i can't say, it. say it but it starts with the word hey and ends with the word got and the second word starts with an f but i can't say it all right. And that's how you were supposed to, and even though it was Savage Love, you were supposed to write to him that way. And the original idea was for straight people to ask his uh, love advice about straight love. Uh, yeah. And he was very judgmental, but he's also incredibly wise. Uh, so why don't you, um, oh, here we go. Um, wait, hold on just a second. Um, what are you drinking, John? Coffee. What do you take in your coffee? I take I put protein shake in my coffee. I have I drink decaf coffee, and I put a, a protein shake in it, so it's all sweet and creamy. And, uh, and that's how I drink my coffee. And I drink decaf coffee all day long. And uh, I should probably drink more water, but I really like the warm taste. Of We're decaf gonna dip coffee. into the mail sack. Oh, sorry. Mail oh, sack, I had no control sack, over that. Hey, John, why don't you bring up the? Uh, out the mail so you can read. Uh, yeah, that was great. Why don't I bring up the mail? Let's see if I could figure out uh, what you're talking about. Um, oh, here it is. Mail sack from Chris uh, Myler? Millar? Miller? Good drenched evening, Smurps, and all the ships at sea. Uh, Chris Miller? Miller? I'm sorry. What is it? Um, here. Swimming to you from San Diego. Wanted to thank Marty for his kind uh, invite to the show whenever my book is due to be published. Also, thanks for the advice John, uh, from John about from John about chat GPT. I'll be ignoring it. Okay, great. Uh, this uh, this probably wise. I don't hope I hope I didn't give you any advice. Um, this week I made a stupid but fun choice with money. 
I bought front row seats to AEW All Elite Wrestling. Oh my God. Yes, wrestling, not WWE. Okay, when it debuts here in San Diego, I have what are known as hard cam seats. What does that mean? So you'll see me all night. Catch me on TBS uh, May 31st and TNT on June 2nd. I am there to watch the hard cam seats. As I'll be on TV, I was wondering, what should I wear? And then uh, there's something crossed out about a Nuna t-shirt. Um, stay groovy. From Oh, stay groovy. Okay, so what should he wear, Marty? I should wear a Nuna, Nuna t-shirt. Yeah, um, I think you should make your own Nuna t-shirt and wear it. Um, yeah. I'm really sorry. I can't, I can't read. How do you pronounce his name? I, I'm, I'm, I'm too old. And... Chris Miller. Chris Miller. Is this two L's? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm going blind. I'm really sorry, Chris. Uh, all right, I'll I'll make the the print larger next time, John. Yeah, no, I just did. Hey, um, so what's a hard hard cam seat? I I think that's just where the camera points at. It it points at your hard cam. Is that a part of the body? Is that what kids are calling it today? A hard cam. Marty, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. okay. But what? I'm just guessing. Okay. Um, say this is uh from uh oh. what? You so, want to read the next one? Yeah, this is from Yari in Finland. Um, longtime listener, and he says greetings as an unofficial Finnish Subterra fan club chairman. I'm organizing oh. a Subterracon. I like it, Subterracon, uh, for all Finnish Subterra fans. You mean every Finnish citizen, I believe, because you know. Subterra is at the top of the uh, science fiction podcasts in Finland um, and my in my local pub. Our club currently has no member. Oh. It's just started, Marty. Don't worry. It's They just started it. He's, okay, he's, okay, he's okay. Right you know now. what? Everyone go to, to his local, Yari's local pub. Um, our club currently has no members, so I will be alone in the corner. Okay, don't be scared, people. Uh, and we'll play my favorite Subterra episodes nonstop until late at night or until somebody throws me out. Don't don't be gentle with him, okay? Yari is a he's a gentle soul. Um, in more serious topics, going to be in New York City for my honeymoon this summer. Congratulations, Yari! That's fantastic news, and that's a great place to honeymoon. New York City, it's the um, city of brotherly love. Brotherly love. Yes, you you can go. Uh, punch um meet with rocky there i uh, would appreciate any tips and tricks on what to do over there something else less than the normal touristy stuff also just realized i've listened to nooner longer than any other podcast oh you poor thing but thank you been a subscriber since episode one have a good one yari from finland we are coming up on i think three years now um i have um i forget how many i think we're teenagers now in june i think 13 years? I think. I think. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. What, what do you like? I think it's time to start kissing. Oh, geez. Well, be gentle. Uh, what What would you suggest that Yari do in New York City with his bride? God, I don't know. I, I don't, jeez. Uh, you know, 
what my favorite thing to do in New York City was um, to get there at two o'clock in the morning on um, on a Monday morning. So um, three uh, two o'clock in the morning Sunday night, and then drive down the entire uh, island of Manhattan because uh, there was nobody on the road, and it was you could just see the lights changing ahead of you. That was awesome. That was awesome. And then you get all the way down to the to the village, and then you find a place that's full of um, a whole bunch of crazy people who um, it's four o'clock in the morning, and they don't look like they are staying up late. They look like they have been, you know, it's it's their normal time. So that was that, that was a long ass time ago. Yeah, that, that was, back that was when you were in your Tucker um, in nineteen fifty four or something like that. In my Tucker, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was a horse and horse and buggy, really, technically. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and the street lights were people with torches. Uh, I, I think that New York is is so full of things, and you, you have um, all the choices of what to do. Um, I would find out what local festivals are there because in the summer there is lots of shit going on. Like um, I remember walking through Brooklyn and just coming into a music festival randomly. It was really awesome. Uh, I, I think that there are fantastic restaurants there. There's Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is, um, I don't know it that well, but the last couple times I, I stayed there and it's pretty amazing. Central Park is really awesome. And uh, yeah, just I, like, the tourist there's some tourist parts that are really interesting i don't know if you need to go to times square but like you know soho greenwich village those are all great places to go central park yeah i mean i i've only really been a tourist in in uh new york never lived there but i me neither i think i think honestly the yeah like you said the the I, I, you know, I would maybe go see one of the late night shows or a, a Broadway show, um, you know, if you can. I, although, in my it's humble so opinion, expensive. those things are too expensive and yeah. and often suck. Um, but uh, I, I, my favorite thing to do in New York, and uh, I haven't been there at often, but my favorite thing to do in New York is go to the bottom of Central Park and go around Central Park, walk around Central Park, yeah. and. And then, and then go a little bit south to Bryant Park and hang and go to the New York Public Library, which is just an incredibly nerdy thing for me to say. But um, it it's really fantastic. is a beautiful building. They got lions in the front. Yeah, they got lions in the front and they come to life if there's Ghostbusters are happening. Um, and, um, ah, that's it's a, uh, you know, do do the do the, the I mean, the the, the museums. Um, in New York are some of the best in the world. Uh, and there really is a sense um, that about 140 years ago, there were a lot of really fucking rich people who thought, you know what, let's make this city a world-class city. And they built really amazing museums, really amazing library. And they said, let's make this giant central park right in the middle of this island and and that really comes across as just like some really smart city planning by some by some rich people and then it's been uh for the most part it's been kept up and at the same time it's surrounded by all of this you know wild uh uh culture of all kinds you know so just soak it in it's amazing there's so many 
all kinds of different people. And, you know, you can stare at people in New York because they're not looking at you because they, uh, they, they're trained not to make eye contact. Are you looking at me? 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 What am I, a clown? What am I, a clown? Are you looking at me? Yeah. Yeah, so people do notice when you look at them. The crazies. Yeah. The Travis, and there's all, there's, the there's Tra a lot of Travis Pickles, yeah. Um, cool. Now you can rent a bike and, and, uh, and, and bike around Central Park. I think that's a what I would qualify as a touristy, non-touristy thing to do. Yeah, but um, the museums are great. MoMA, MoCA, um, yeah. Natural History Museum. I mean, MoMA and uh, the Met. I mean, sorry, not MoCA. MoCA's here in L.A., but... That sucks. Yeah, and um, no, I, I love it, MoCA. Um, you do? Yeah, and, I then, didn't... Oh. and then there's the, um, what is it, the, the, what's the one in, oh, oh, you know what is really cool is the, the High Line uh, on the, the uh, western part uh, by the meatpacking industry. It's, uh, it's these, uh, these train, elevated train rails that they turned into a, a park. And, yeah. And it's great. It's really, really cool. Another cheap thing to do that I really enjoyed um, doing just as a restful thing to do is take the uh, the Staten Island ferry and then just take it back. It goes right right next to the um, Statue of Liberty. Like back in the day, and, it was a quarter one way and free the other. I don't know what it is now. Yeah, it's probably it's probably like two dollars now, but it's still cheap as hell. Yeah, for a really nice ride. And maybe it's five dollars. I don't know, but it's yeah. That's a really beautiful, wonderful. It's sort of like taking a ferry in Seattle, you know. You're, it's it's actually for commuters, but it's just a really wonderful, relaxing thing to do. And you'll recognize a ton of movies that were shot there. So, yeah, yeah, cool. You might see Spider Man. Uh, yeah, um, Yari, I that's so awesome. Uh, congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Uh, please keep us apprised as to what happens, but hopefully we'll hear from you before then. Uh, I thought that Subterra was the highest-rated fictional podcast starring Marty Yu in Finland. It's actually just all of them. I don't know. I don't. Okay. I, I don't know. I think Steve might have faked the uh, metrics that he brought in. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're gonna go to this con? Oh yeah. Uh, you um, sign. You could. You could sell your signature and make a lot of money. Um. Well, I'm. I'm gonna be buying Yari uh, Finnish beer. I think for the night. Well, what you do is you sell him your signature and then and use the money to buy him a beer and uh, thank him for buying your signature. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds like a uh, an amazing business model. Um, yeah. No, it's the way to go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. So um, and anything you want to plug for this week, John? Oh, yeah. International Medical Corps. International Medical Corps. I make uh, videos for International Medical Corps. They go around the world. They're in, I think, 47 countries right now. They're uh, helping out people who are uh, been affected by uh, war and disaster. They're in the Ukraine. They're, I'm sorry, they're in Ukraine. They're in Syria and Turkey helping with the, um, uh, the earthquake. And they've been in Syria working with refugees for 
20 years. They're an incredible organization. They, they deserve people's support. Right. They don't, yeah. they don't need money. They don't need, they don't accept donations. Is that correct? No, they totally accept donations. Oh, because they need it. Yeah. International Medical Corps.org. Uh, no. Check it out. All right. Yeah. And they, they absolutely accept donations and, and they do amazing work. And they, what they do is they go into these places that have been devastated and they help out immediately, but then they also do lots of training of local people and they create and they leave the medical uh, infrastructure better off than it was when they got there so that the people who are on the ground who, who uh, uh, live there will be able to take care of themselves better if there is a, another crisis. Um, that's one of the many things they do, and they and they're everywhere, and they're doing. There's a need everywhere, and it's funny because you're talking about like, I was I might I'm trying work I'm, I might make a video about, um you know not running water but actually a woman, who every day has to walk down uh, a mile and a half down to, um the 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 nearest well, um and then she gets together all the water that she needs from the well. Um, and that's like five to 10 gallons. She puts it on her back and she's also carrying her baby and she walks back up the hill and brings her that water back. She has to do that every day. And everybody in the, um, who lives in her area has to do that every day. Uh, and that's in, uh, I think it's in the, the democratic Republic of Congo. And you're talking about, you know, those drones and, you know, they're, they're the democratic Republic of Congo. I have lots and lots of video. And they, it's really that they don't have, uh, you know, roads uh, in a lot of that that country. It's a really big problem getting help to people. Yeah. Um, out in, out in uh, away from the cities. And just for the record, out of five hundred thousand uh, drone flights, zero uh, human like accidents. You know, like five hundred thousand. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. That's a pretty good record. Not not bad, not bad. No. So, uh, yeah, and and when you see how they do it, you're like, oh, I can see how nobody would get hurt because they, these aren't densely populated areas, but they also have a really good system and and they they do it really um, smartly. So, um, we have we have this one video of this this lady, uh, and I, I, I it's a, a country in Africa. I, I can't remember which one it was, but I, I think it might also be. Uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, where in order to get um, the vaccines uh, for uh, the kids in in her area, she has to um, rent. Uh, she has to basically buy um, or or rent a uh, a motorcycle and a driver to drive her uh, twenty miles to the nearest hospital. This would this drone would do it for pennies in like yeah. you know ten minutes. So yeah. Uh, let's see, six miles an hour. No, I'm sorry, 20 minutes. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that that is a game changer. And, and so I think for all the shit we were talking about, for the, the fears of, of climate change and, and AI, their technology is ultimately a, a benefit, and it's just up to us to, to um, be good shepherds of it. So Yeah, no, it's, it, it all can be good. It all can be good. We just have to... Do good with it. I can't remember that website though. What's it called again? Which one? The 
Uh, InternationalMedicalCore.org. Inter- International Medical, Medical Core, which is C-O-R-P-S. Oh, that's fancy. I know. It's it's a it's 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 a marketing nightmare, honestly. Dot <laughs> <laughs> O-R-G. All right. Well, we'll we'll put it in. It's not, it, it sounds it sounds like it's it's some kind of official UN kind of thing, and it's not. It's a uh, it's a, a nonprofit, and it's based in Los Angeles. We'll um, put it in our show notes, so look out for that. If International Medical Corps uh, dot org. All right. And I do all the videos for the uh, for the Instagram. If you want to see my work. All right. There you go. Follow them on Instagram and give them money and we will uh, send us mail for the the sack and we will see you um, when? Uh, Next Tuesday. Sure. At noon. Marty, I have to go. I'm sorry. This has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>